just want to read a couple of scriptures about the knowledge of God, and I hope I can express what I have in my heart, so let's, let's see where we go. All right, so it says here, for this reason, verse 9, we also from the day we heard of it have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you, asking that you may be filled with a full, deep, and clear knowledge of His will in, his, in all spiritual wisdom. So He wants us to be filled with deep and clear knowledge of His will. Okay, so that is not information. His will is not necessarily found in a specific document. If, well, if you see the Bible as a document, sure, but, <laughs> but you, can, you can miss the will of God by reading Bible also. So if you go for the letter that kills, you're going to miss the spirit that brings life. So there's a difference between knowing all kinds of facts and knowing God, knowing Him. The truth isn't a specific doctrine. The truth, yes, it does overflow in specific doctrine, but the truth is, is Him. Knowing the truth is having a deep, intimate connection with the person. So the relationship with Jesus is always more important than what you know about him. So I can study a lot of facts about my wife. But if I don't get to know her, we're not really going to have a relationship, are we? Okay? So imagine um, I ignore her completely, but... When I'm among people, she's just standing here and listening how I talk about her. And, and I'm telling everyone how awesome she is, but I never give her my attention and speak to her. And I never listen to her when she speaks to me. <laughs> that would be strange. Okay? So, God wants our attention. And He doesn't... Uh, he's not going to compete in the way that we think. He will contend for you. I mean, he, he went to a cross for you. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not going to be as loud as some of the other things that compete for your attention is. So it's, it's going to, you're going to have to seek him out. You're going to have to turn to him, and you're going to have to open your heart for him. So we want... God to speak to us without the relationship, kind of like a tour guide or, I don't know, or like a manual. So more like a manual. At least you can speak to a tour guide, you know. But, you know, it's, it's like people want God to say, before anything happens, He says, okay, I want you to do this and this and this and this, and then you'll find this. And then you have to say this, and then don't say that, and then, you know, and then do this, do this, do this, don't do this. So we want instructions like that, right? But God wants us to know Him so much and to be infused with His will in our heart so much that we take after Him. So that our, we make the decisions, but it's going to be the same decision as His decision. Okay? It's like, it's like your child. You want your child to, to 
be equipped to make certain decisions himself or herself without, without your child needing you with every specific thing. Um, so that you impart something of ident identity into that child. Now with God, it goes deeper than that. He himself comes to indwell us. He himself comes to live with us. And he, he wants his thinking to become so part of our thinking that when he thinks, we think, and we start to willingly operate in the way that he operates. He wants us to be surrendered to his spirit so that we can hear his spirit as he thinks and speak as he speaks. Like Jesus and the Father. Okay? Jesus and the Father, uh, it wasn't, yes, he did seclude himself and speak to the Father, but it's not like he got a, a, you know, an email from your office and then just did the marching orders and then that was the end of it. He was in constant fellowship with him. And that's the point. So the question is not, what are we supposed to do? And then we do it, and then we see the result. And he is just part of the process. He is he's not the end to the mean. He is everything. And the stuff that we go through and the goals that we have is all in him and out of him and because of him and to make him known. So it's not about... In our case right now, we, for instance, we are inquiring to buy a building, to see if there's an option to buy a building. That's basically what's happening. So, yes, we would like to get an email from God saying, okay, <laughs> is this, these are the specifics, basically no or yes, you know? Or we would like to, but, you know, God doesn't always work that way. He works through trust. So sometimes, when there's a few options, he wants you to make a decision first before he, he speaks. He wants to, he will stop you when you're making the wrong decision. This is something Lester Samuel said. He said, I, I never asked God for his will. I just did the Bible, but God was always faithful to stop me when I was not in his will. Okay? <laughs> so the knowledge of his will. So I just want to continue reading here. He says, That you may walk and live and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God. Full, deeper, clearer insight, acquaintance, recognition. Okay, so we need to grow in the knowledge of God. And that knowledge of God is not something that you study in a book and now you have the knowledge of God. It's a revelation from the Spirit that's constantly growing. It's a personal relationship. It's a personal, uh, I want to use the word experience. But I'm also... Uh, don't want to just label it as an experience because then people say, oh, yeah, but you're all about experiences. And No, it's faith. But the faith will cause you to experience something. Somewhere you will look back and you see, you'll see the goodness of God. Somewhere you will be able to testify of His goodness. 
if there's no testimonies in the last 20 years of serving God, then maybe it's time to question a few things. <laughs> so, um, but what I'm saying is it, it must produce something real. Okay? And it is a deep, intimate fellowship with Him. And that deep, intimate fellowship with Him causes you to get to know Him, which causes you to, to know His will. So the knowledge of God is deeper than just, you know, studying how to do this or studying how to do that. Okay, so there's certain things that, you know, if you just have good intellect, you can study it and you can do it, and there you go. You, you know, like maths, you can study maths and you can learn maths and do it. Okay? Okay? If, if you are so inclined. Okay. <laughs> Some of us need the grace of God <laughs> for that as well. <laughs> okay, let's take a language. You can study a language, you know, and you can speak that language with or without the Holy Spirit. The, the, it's, it's a means of communication. But there's people without the Spirit that can speak English, and there's people with the Spirit that can speak English. Okay, so it's knowledge that you can learn and you can get it, but that's not what I'm talking about. So there's people that have studied the word for decades and they don't know him. Okay, there's, there's people that have, that have poured over the scriptures diligently. It's John 5.39. And they supposed that they have life in them. But the scriptures testified about him, but they would not come to him to receive life. So, and that's the difference. The knowledge of God versus just knowledge. Okay. So, my, my question is then, you know, what, what is worth teaching? So, here we are, Sunday after Sunday, there's a teaching. We worship. You know, is it just to come and sing a nice song and have... You know, some decent, I don't know, some kind of experience of I don't know what. Or uh, you sing, sing a nice song and, okay, the worship was nice because they practiced that song really nicely. And, you know, and the, the lights were nice or whatever, you know. But then you go home and you never met him. What's, what is the use? So this is, this, is where I'm, so this is what I'm just saying is, we, we have revival on the wall. What does it mean? What's the point to write revival on? Are we hungry to know him? Or are we um, dazzled by the garnish of what people think is revival? This, what revival is, is this, is... God touching you in your core to such an extent that you feel a fire burning in you even when you breathe. It's like you, you breathe and you feel something burn. So uh, that deep, intimate knowledge of Him where you have no words to describe what you're feeling, where you have this... this you want to try to say something, but... You can't find words to, to describe it. Okay? 
So there's a place in Christ where His presence burns so much in your heart that it doesn't matter whether you understand the exegesis of 1 Thessalonians 4. It doesn't matter. Because if you can have the best teaching, and if you don't have Him, it's all for nothing. Okay, you can know everything. Why do we go into detail? I mean, the last couple of weeks we've been going into detail about end-time stuff, and I've been correcting stuff. What's the reason? Because I don't want people to be distracted by those things because I think it's destructive. It causes people to walk in fear. It causes people not to know Him. And to try and... So they, they walk in eggshells so that they don't miss the flight. But we are, and I, I'm glad we spoke about it, and it was like an urgent prompting in me to do it, so we, we had to do it. But why are we teaching? Why are we preaching? Why do we even have services? Why are we, why do we worship? Why do we get a better keyboard? Why do we, why? What's the point? Okay. This is not, oh, Allah's just a forgives. This is not, I'm not there. You know, Ecclesiastes, you know, it's all vanity and everything. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, church or services or this kind of thing, it's not supposed to just be one of the activities in our busy lives. That's just, it's just another thing, you know, and it's just another activity but it should impact us so deeply that our, that our, our, that we're ruined it should impact us so deeply that we could never be the same so when I minister what I want to bring over is not necessarily the information but where the information comes from okay it's not not necessarily only what he said, but who said it. So that you can know him who said it. And if you can know him who said it, then that's the point. So the teaching. What are we, te- what are we teaching? Are we teaching Christ? So the learning that happens is the learning to, to know the facts. Okay, great. Now you know the facts and what now? Or is it to... To get to know that person, you've learned him. You've, you've, you received some impartation from him. So if I'm just saying, if the teaching isn't imparting him, then we failed. And um, it's not going to revive us. It's not going to bring revival if it's just more knowledge, if it's just more stuff that we know then we can, you know, we can easily step into grace pride. And we think our grace is better than other graces or our doctrine is better than other doctrines. And, you know, we, we feel like, you know, we know it all. We know everything. But then you, you step into a church and you just sense the presence hanging in there. You just think, yo. So, 
if that presence isn't there, <laughs> then who wants to hear? Then why is it worth sharing? Why is it worth getting cameras and broadcasting it? What's the point? So our hearts need to be anchored there in the knowledge of God. Okay, so Paul even says it in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, uh, wait, Corinthians is this way. I must go the other way. Okay. He says, um, awake. So a lot of, of Christianity, after we got saved, is waking up. <laughs> a lot of Christianity is waking up to the reality of what we've already been given. Okay? And I do qualify that after you've been born again. Okay? Awake from your drunken stupor and return to sober sense and your right minds and sin no more. For some of you have not the knowledge of God. You're utterly willfully and disgracefully ignorant and continue to be so lacking the sense of God's presence. And all true knowledge of him. I say this to your shame. Okay, so these are hard words spoken to the most spiritual of all the churches. <laughs> the Corinthians walked in the gifts, man. They, they, if you want to describe revival, they had it. And here comes Paul, and he says, wake up. <laughs> So it's good to flow in the gifts. It's good to see those are wonderful. Please, more. But it needs to come from that place where our hearts really rest in Him, where we, are, where we have fellowship with Him. So this is what it's about. This is what we need to be talking about. This is, well, not necessarily talking about, but this is what needs to happen in the process. When you hear something it needs to affect you in your heart so that your heart feels Him afterwards. Hearing the Word needs to be fellowship with Him. Okay? So my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will touch your life through the teaching, through the worship, through the prayer. Prayer is so important. So my desire is that our prayer meeting will be our greatest meeting. So here's a plug-in. We have a prayer meeting on Monday nights, you know. So, <laughs> so if we can really go for the presence, if we really, if we can really be content in praying, and really step into that deep place in His presence, then everything else will be saturated with His presence. Then the worship will be full full of His presence, the teaching, everything. So we need, to, we need to make Him the focus of our lives. There's a little bit of time on a Sunday morning that we meet together. And in this time, somehow miraculously, we need to give you something that will reveal Jesus to you. Okay? So my prayer is that it will impart such a hunger that you will go the rest of the time deeper and look, look for Him, search Him out, go deeper, find Him. And not just 
it's not just about the activity. I, I hope I'm coming. This is not, you know, I'm not saying everything is futile. The contrary. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, even when you are sitting here, let, the, let your attention be on Him. And what is He saying to you? So it's not just Herod rambling off again about the end times or um, speaking about, you know, some kind of teaching or something nice that he saw in the Word. Or so. Hey, listen, the person Christ is speaking. And if he's speaking to you, um, let it touch your heart. Welcome the Word. So the Word is not... Uh, it's not only the information, but it's the Spirit speaking. And if the Spirit is speaking and it is welcomed, then it will have some effect deep in, in our hearts. So sometimes it's just one sentence in a whole sermon. You know, sometimes a sermon can be a whole string of one sentences for everyone in the building. <laughs> so my, my heart is that whatever you need to hear, that you will hear it. Because he desperately wants to, to get to you. He wants to be gracious to you. He wants to be merciful to you. He wants to show his goodness to you. He wants your attention. Okay, so... Um, if we seek him out, we're going to find him. For thousands of years, they couldn't. Because they were in the wrong time. They were in the wrong covenant. But we're living in such an extraordinary time. After the cross. We live in such an amazing time. We have the full freedom to know Him. We have full freedom to go into the Holy of Holies. We have full freedom to, to search Him out. You know? Seek Him while He may be found. This is the time. He may be found. So search, search for Him. So... Um, for thousands of years, people wanted to have a cleared conscience. They couldn't. We can. We have the blood of Jesus. So is it just something, another thing that we say, oh, the blood of Jesus? As long as you say something about the blood of Jesus, you're fine as a Christian and everyone accepts you. So it's, it's not about that. But do you know that you have been cleansed and perfected so that you can know Him fully, so that there can be no hindrance in your relationship with Him and He can fully fill you with Himself? That knowledge of God. Okay? So this is why we repeat certain things. It's not so to make you familiar with it, but it's to, to get your attention on it. Because it's really important for you to know God. It's important to know certain things in order for you to know God. Let me just express myself right. So, um, it's important for you to know that the price is fully paid. It's important for you to know that Jesus suffered everything for you. So that he could just pour out his spirit over you. It's important for you to know that he's not holding anything against you. So that you can approach him with boldness. You know, 
not with your lightning shield. <laughs> um, if I just think of what uh, Martin Luther knew, I mean, in the Middle Ages, they were there, there was so much bondage in teaching. If you think about church putting you in bondage, think again. <laughs> think about oh, way back then. I mean, yeah. So what happened to him was he walked and the lightning hit the tree. <laughs> there was a storm and the lightning hit the tree close to where he was. So he said, okay, 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 I'll go preach the gospel. <laughs> so he was scared into ministry by a lightning bolt. He thought it was God. But praise God he did because he changed the whole world. And he gave God his full attention and somewhere he found the New Testament. It wasn't everywhere. And it wasn't for everyone. It was only for a few that could read either the original text or Latin. So he read it and it blew his mind. And then he said, I'm going to translate this. And it got him in a lot of trouble. Okay? <laughs> but if he didn't do that, then the church couldn't come out of where they were. Okay? So what was the difference before he read the New Testament and after he read the New Testament? Jesus revealed himself to him. You know? So he was a man of prayer. They, you know, he, he would say, yeah, I have, I've got so much to do today. I, I have to pray at least three hours for me to get through the day. <laughs> Think about that for a while. Okay. Same with Heidi Baker. So people going for the presence first. And then at the end, it doesn't really matter what they did throughout every day concerning, you know, how, you know, how productive they were and how, you know, the year-on-year -year increase of this, or, you know, it just, just doesn't matter because he carried something powerful because Jesus revealed himself to him. And every time he opened his mouth, it changed everything. It caused a shaking. Okay, so obviously there were some religious people that got on, caught onto that, and unfortunately, some bad came with the good. With everything, it's like that. Okay, you preach grace, and people take it and run in some tangent with it and make it something which grace is not. For some reason, humanity have an enormous capacity for deception. But that is what happens when we go for the information without the person. So if we go for the information without knowing what his intent is, then we can just, oh, I'm going to be the next big thing. And we just run in a direction and we completely miss the plot. So we don't want to run in a direction. We want to get close to him. I don't want to change every doctrine in, in the church. Some of the doctrines that's been there for 2,000 years unchallenged is good. It's true. You, you can leave it just there. 
You know, it's good to take communion. It's true. It's good to be baptized. Obviously, Jesus commanded us directly. <laughs> Certain things that doesn't need change. So we, don't, we shouldn't have the syndrome of having to change everything. It's not necessary. Okay? So it's not in bringing a different new doctrine. You can, if you can bring the same boring old thing that everyone has heard for the last 2,000 years, but someone else's hearts burn when they hear it, then you got the truth. Okay? If you can start seeing uh, that the knowledge of God can be measured in how much you trust Him. Faith is trust. So, do you have the knowledge of God? Well, it depends. How much do you trust Him? Okay? For instance, in finances, how much do you trust Him? For instance, in your marriage, how much do you, do you trust Him? When He says do something, do you trust Him? Do you trust the voice? Or is there 7,000 questions and qualifications first before we set out to do what he said? Can we trust him? So then the question is there, uh, is it really him that said it? <laughs> so sometimes that question comes because what the voice said was too scary for us. God, is it really you? You know, like that guy that, that you know, hangs from the thing on the cliff. He said, somebody help me. And the voice comes, he says, just let go. He says, is there anybody else? <laughs> okay. So sometimes God says something and it seems like that's the exact thing that I should not do. But do we trust him? So if you, if deep down inside you know he spoke. But the question is, do you trust him? So it will be easier to trust him if we know him. So that's the point. We get to know him and we get to love him together. Okay? Relationship means love. So 1 John chapter 4 says, verse 16, we know and believe the love God cherishes for us. God is love. Okay, so there's, if you see the, the cross, you know, Galatians chapter 3, uh, you unto whom Jesus Christ has been set forth and portrayed as crucified. Okay, the, that's the message, that's the gospel. The love of Christ is demonstrated to us in this that Christ sent His Son to be the sacrifice for our sins. Okay? But now He says, we know and believe the love that God has for us. We can see it in the cross. God is love. And those who dwell in God, and love dwells in God, and God dwells in them. So the love is the relationship. The love reconciles. The love makes many one, or at least two. The love is reconciliation. 
In this, the love of God is brought to completion in us. And we can have boldness in the day of judgment. For as He is, so are we in this world. So how, how is He? He is love. So if we get that knowledge of love, we get the knowledge of who He is. If that starts to dwell in us, we have the knowledge of God. And we are like Him. Okay? And then He says in verse 18, He says... Uh, Perfect love, love casts out all fear. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And those who are afraid have not grown into the full maturity of love. We love him because he first loved us. And then he says this. If anyone says, I love God. But he hates his brother. He's a liar. For how can you love God that you cannot see if you cannot love your brother that you can see? So it can all be me and Jesus on our own little island here, pie in the sky, I live on my own and stuff the rest. Or if we really want the knowledge of God, to find its full expression in us. We need to get our hands dirty. <laughs> we need to be able to or, or be prepared to, to take the ridicule that he took, to take the, the slander that he took, to take the, the stuff that people say. Because when we come with a message, they will say, it's foolishness. Or they will say it is an offense or a stumbling block. But to us who are called, Christ is the wisdom and the power. That very same message, the love of Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ, that brings the knowledge of God. But we bring it all the same. We keep our urgency and we preach it whether it is welcome or whether it is unwelcome, whether it is received or whether it is not received. Still, the motivation from the heart must be to bring to people what we have received. Freely have received, freely give. What Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, when he sent them out to preach. So, John Lake said, uh, if the minister does not have the Spirit of God to minister, he has nothing to minister. Okay? So, I'm not, I'm coming on record and I'm saying I'm not against universities or the whole academic field. I'm not. I'm for it. God knows the world needs good universities. <laughs> People who learn to think. But you can study with a certain method and miss the person. So 
that in itself cannot be the answer. You can have a doctor's degree in theology and not know him. I know that because there are theologians at this time in this city that they are professors in theology and they are atheists. <laughs> they obviously don't have the knowledge of God. So is it about going through the curriculum? Or is it about waking up in the middle of the night and you're scared to breathe because if you breathe, you're going to cry because of a fire burning in your heart? You, you, you don't want to speak too loudly because you feel it's going to wreck you if, you if you start speaking too much. You know, where you're so overwhelmed with his presence that it's like, how do we get that to the world? Okay? Well, he said, this is how. Go and preach the gospel to every creature. <laughs> and these signs will follow them that believe. So they will obviously... Because there's a group, them that believe, there will be a group, them that don't believe. <laughs> but the signs will follow them. And they will, they will say stuff about the signs. They will say stuff, they will reject it, they will receive it. But none of that matters. What matters is, do we have the knowledge of God? Do we know Him? Is it our heart's desire to know Him? Or is it our heart's desire to just have the, the typical, uh, how can I say it, utopian Pretoria East life with, you know, sprinkled with the garnish of revival? <laughs> are we going to run the template or are we going to go for Jesus? That's the question. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's a successful template. And you can, you can run it and your church will grow. And there's, it's been studied. How, there's, there's psychology behind it and there's ways to make a church grow. There's uh, Reinhard Bonnke on the wall there. He said, without the Holy Spirit, it takes a lot of cake and coffee <laughs> to, get the, to keep the church going. <laughs> So, you know, after the service, there's, there's coffee and cake, you know. Yeah, Ilza baked some, she knows how to bake, there's some stuff for sale. There really is. <laughs> you can have cake coffee and coffee and the Holy Spirit. But, yeah, I'm just trying to get some point over. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're trying to that you're getting something of what I'm trying to say. Let me just keep on reading some scriptures. Maybe we'll get there. I want you to read, when you read the word, make it very personal. Let, him, let it be God speaking to you. Second Peter 1. Let it be God speaking to you. Let it be the creator of heaven and earth that has done so much to just get this to you at this very precise time. Make it personal. Just understand how precious it is when you read the Word. Okay? 
And it's good to find answers. It's good to find information about stuff. That's great. But it's so much better to find him. Second Peter 1 says, verse 2, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For His divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of Him who called us by and to His own glory. So grace and peace will be multiplied to you if you have the knowledge. And He called you to His glory and excellence his glory and excellence by the knowledge of God. So it's something good to have. It's good for your heart to be set on fire. It's good for you to have a history with God. Where you can remember certain times where He touched your heart. Where, he, where the scriptures gave you an answer. Where you felt that release of of His grace entering your life and the Spirit touching you and where He healed your body, where He came through for you financially. You know, it's good to dwell on those testimonies, to have, to have that history with God. And all of that, it's woven into this tapestry. Uh, your life with God, it's a relationship. A relationship, um, if you think of Friends that you've had for many years, you can think of many things that you've gone through together. Places that you've visited, things that you've, you know, some people you know from university, some people you know from primary school, you know, and there's, you, there's certain things that you remember, and that's kind of why you are friends. <laughs> so with God, He's showing Himself to you every day. Pay attention. He's showing himself. He, he wants to pour out everything. He wants to be gracious to you. He wants to give you everything. So he, he just wants us to, to pay attention. By means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceeding great promises that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay and the rottenness corruption that is in the world because of covetousness and lust and greed, and become sharers of the divine nature. So he gives us his word, his promises. He reveals to us his will, his person, his identity, who he is, him who is dwelling inside of us, which gives us the opportunity to escape our old way, our old rotten nature that we got from Adam and become a partaker of his divine nature. So when he speaks to you, it's not to just give you some information. <laughs> when he speaks to you, it's for your certain good. When he speaks to you, he's pouring himself into you. Yeah, he wants to give us so much. So... Um, there's certain people that I've been around in my life that when you stand next to them, you can feel something spiritual hanging around them. You can feel it when you get into their presence. It's the knowledge of God. 
Okay? I've, I've spoken about this many times. But there's certain times where I remember uh, Prophet Quibus. I would stand in the worship. I would just suddenly feel the presence of God and he would just walk past me. Just on his way doing something quickly. But it's in the middle of the worship. We were standing here. I would open my eyes because I felt something and he, I just saw him walk by me. Another time it was like in the... Um, uh, in the, there was a conference and there was a prayer room there's these steps in the foyer going up to a prayer room okay? and I was there alone uh, between sessions didn't really have anywhere to go so I went up and I just prayed in the prayer room until the next session and I was looking out over the parking area through these windows and suddenly the whole atmosphere in the building changed. And I turned around and he just snuck into... You can't sneak into a door if you like that. You, you, everyone feels it. You know? so, <laughs> but he would... He, quietly, in these thick carpets, you, you can't hear anything. You can't, the door, everything was quiet, but I felt something change. It's like the whole atmosphere became electric. I turned around, he came in, and he was praying over the prayer requests... There was a stack of them there at the door of the little table with the prayer request, and he just prayed over the prayer request. Okay. So another time I was, you can say of him whatever you want, only God can open up the eyes of the blind. But I was, I was there in, uh, also at Spirit Word in the old church years ago, and um, Prophet T.B. Joshua came for a visit. Just a quick, he just came to say hi, and when he saw it again, you know, he was on live TV. So, was that not the case? Yes, it was yeah. I remember he preached about your connection. And he said, you know, if you have that connection, you know, when you pray, your voice is heard in heaven, but if you don't have the connection, your voice is only heard on earth. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, so I was standing worshiping, Maybe if that was the church, I was standing maybe around here, standing, worshiping. And suddenly I just felt, it felt like almost a heater standing, radiating something out to me. But it wasn't heat, just something of the spirit. I felt something radiate towards me, standing here. I opened my eyes and I turned around and he, he stood like one meter behind me. Okay. So I don't know him. I never spoke to him. But I just know that there's some things of the Spirit of God on his life. That was, that's for sure. Okay. So, um, but what I'm saying is, even though people, all of us have some failing, that's why he gives us his blood. That's why he's gracious towards us. But if we can recognize Christ, and we, we can recognize when he's speaking to us, and we can recognize uh, what he's imparting to us, and we can just go deeper and, and get to know him, the person. Uh, you know, all, all of these meetings that we have is to assist you to go deeper to know Him. That's all. But it can't replace the relationship. The, this meeting here is not your relationship with Jesus. 
This meeting here is the gathering of the saints, where we love one another and we come together in His name. And this corporate thing is glorious. It's wonderful. But it doesn't replace your personal relationship with Him, wherein you get to know Him yourself in the rest of your life. So... Um, It doesn't exempt us from pursuing Him. And in the word exempt, there's almost an implication saying that it's some duty and it's a burden. Well, Jesus said, take my yoke and my burden. My, my yoke is soft and my burden is light. So yes, it is a burden. <laughs> but it's a good burden. But it removes your bad burden. Yeah, I don't know, today is different, but I have something on my heart that I just want to try and give voice to. So, Second uh, Peter 3 says, verse 18, Grow in grace, undeserved favor, spiritual strength, recognition and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, honor, majesty, splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. So we can grow in the knowledge of the Lord. We can grow in the understanding of the Lord. Um, I just love to see what God is doing in the lives of people and to see how He's using people. I just want to pay attention to see Him in them. So, if I just, I, I'm just thinking of David Hogan, and you know, you can't, you can't be in the Word as much as he is and not pick something up. You know, wherever he goes, if he goes to preach all around the world, people want to go show him the, you know, the zoo or the new mall or whatever. And he says, "I'm not interested. I don't want to see your whatever your zoo or your <laughs> landmarks, or I don't want to see your monuments. I don't care." So they ask him, what do you want to do? I said, I just want to sit in my room listening to the Bible. That's all he wants to do. So he's not in that part of the world to go sightseeing. He's there to bring the knowledge of God to people. So he sits in his room and he puts on the Bible and he listens to, I don't know how many chapters a day. At least 50 to 100. Just listens. To the word. That's how he does it. Okay. And he prays in tongues. And then he goes up and he preaches the gospel. <clears throat> and he would say, I don't know so many scriptures, but the one I know I use. <laughs> and he, he's raised over 40 people from the dead. So how much do we really know? <laughs> you can have the best teachers, you can have all the most wonderful revelations, but if the revelation isn't Christ being revealed in you, then what's the, what's the revelation? If it doesn't reveal the power of God, then is it really a revelation? <laughs> so 
in his work, they call it a work, which is all their churches, over 500 churches that they've planted, and then there's many other churches all across the world that is now associating with him. You know, so that's wonderful. And they travel all across the world and just, just preach to the people and lift up their arms and what God is doing there. So, I mean, it's amazing what they're doing. But in their work in Mexico... They've raised over 600 people from the dead. 600. We can't even get 600 people in Pretoria East together on a Sunday morning. <laughs> they, they've raised 600 people from the dead, over 600 people from the dead. Just, just think about that. 600 people who were dead are now alive. Okay. And he says, I don't know all those all the scriptures, but the ones I know I use. I like that. Okay. So um, I think it's better to, to really go deeper into some and get to know him than to know everything there is to know about all the stuff. But you don't know him. Okay? So, um, yeah, it's not a heavy teaching today. I just kind of wanted to share something. So years ago, I, w I sat in a meeting with Marnes now, and God showed me a dartboard. And... The dartboard was different than uh, the normal dartboards. You know, it was like it had the bullseye. But the closer you got to the bullseye, the deeper it went, like a funnel. Okay? So the more you go to, to the peripheral knowledge, the shallower it is. But the closer you get to the bullseye, which is the person, the deeper you can go. And he just showed me that. He just said, go for the bullseye. And the bullseye is Jesus. The bullseye is knowing him present here with us right now. Him dwelling on the inside of you. Get to know the person that is now dwelling inside of you. Okay? And that's the assignment. <laughs> that's the vision, is to get to know him. That's the bullseye. You want to go deeper? Then just turn your attention on Jesus. And you, you'll be able to go deeper. But if you're distracted with all the peripheral knowledge, it will, it will make things shallower. The deeper you want to go, the closer you have to go to, 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 to come to the person Jesus. So the knowledge of God has got to do everything with knowing Him. Walking with Him. Hearing His voice. Searching him out. Okay? So, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Seek him while he may be found. Okay? Okay, so that's all I have on my heart. Okay, so thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you came to give to us. Thank, thank you, Jesus, for what you came to do on this earth. Here we are, Lord. We ask that you set us on fire. 
We ask that you show us who you are. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your glory. Fill us with your goodness, Lord. So I just pray that every person listening, every heart that's, that's hearing and that's listening, Lord, I just pray that you just touch every person in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let your fire burn deeply in us, Lord. Transform us and change us forever, Jesus. We want to we know you. We want to engage with you. Lord, whether we have this building or that one, doesn't matter. We want you, Jesus. Whether we have uh, all the other stuff, all the stuff around it, whether we have cameras or not, whether we... Doesn't matter. Lord Jesus, we want you. We want you, Jesus. We want to know you. We want to experience you, Jesus. We want you to walk in our midst and heal the sick. We want you, Holy Spirit, to, to come and touch every person and manifest in any way that you want to. We want you to feel welcome. Holy Ghost, we want to know you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Amen.